I want you to pray with me this morning. I'm real excited about being here with you today, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit just to do what He wants to do, because it's not about us, man, it's about Him. Amen? So will you close or bow your heads with me today, and we're just going to exalt the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing today. God, what an exciting time that we've had in worship this morning. Lord, uh, just from the very beginning when we sing, I love you, Lord, Father, that is what it's all about. God, we have come here today to exalt the name of Jesus. Lord, we set aside all preconceived ideas. Lord, we come with an expectation, but Lord, we come with an expectation of something new happening in us today. God, it's not about me, and Father, I ask right now with all sincerity that you make me invisible, and Lord, that you alone become visible in everything that happens this morning. I ask for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit upon this place today, and a fresh touch, a fresh faith. God, there might be those here that have come with all kinds of distractions in their minds. Lord, I ask that those things be put away with right now. And Father, you alone are the centerpiece of why we have come here today. And our eyes and our focus is upon the creator of the universe. The one that breathed the very life into our being. And God, we thank you for that. And we stand in awe of you right now. And Lord, I, I know, Father, that you have a word for us today. And God, I ask that you would open our ears to hear it, our eyes, Father, to see what you want us to see today, and our minds, the abilities to open up, Father, and receive this saturation that you are giving us today, and our spirits to come alive right now. For your glory, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you turn with me this morning to 2 Chronicles chapter 15? We'll start with verse number 1. Chronicles chapter 15, verse number 1. My wife was not able to be here today because she's at our church, and uh, we really felt like she needed to be there so that she could take care of some of the stuff. So I have my wife on my phone, and uh, so her picture's right there. So I can sit it right here, and she can be looking at me and say, way to go, honey. Amen. So, and plus, I have a clock there. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And we want to be uh, gentle with your time here this morning, too. Verse number one, Second Chronicles chapter 15. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And in those times, there was, so, there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. For a great turmoil was on all inhabitants of the lands. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city. For God troubled them with every adversity, but you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Odad, the prophet, he took courage 
and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord. Now I want you to underscore the, the phrase, he restored the altar of the Lord. That was before the vestibule of, God, of the Lord. Then he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those who dwelt, in the, uh, dwelt with them from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon. For they came over to him in great numbers from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Verse 10. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they offered to the Lord at that time seven hundred bulls and seven thousand sheep from the spoil that they had brought. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers. Listen to that. With all their heart and with all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shoutings and trumpets and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. I want you to score that this morning also. He gave them rest all around. I want to talk a little bit about what's taking place here in Second Chronicles chapter 15 and what's going on with Asa. Asa is an interesting character. I mean, this guy started out extremely well. I mean, things were going really good for him. I mean, even when the armies were all around him, God was there and God gave him this great prophecy and said, listen, if you'll just do this, I'm going to be there for you. If you just seek me, I'm going to be found by you. But if you forsake me, listen, I'm not going to be there. My hand isn't going to be with you because I require this of you, okay? He says, saying, listen, this is what I want you to do. So Asa was really excited about what God was saying. He was excited about the fact that the Lord said that he would be with him. And so I'm going to respond to this. And the first thing that he did was he repaired the altar of the Lord. It had been ruined. They hadn't been using it. It had been in disarray. And he says, I'm going to repair the altar. I'm going to pull down the things that are not of God. And I'm even going to set in motion a decree that says, listen, this entire land is going to serve God. This entire land is going to respond to the voice of the Lord because the Lord had spoken through this prophet. And so Asa begins to respond that way. He knew that God had spoken. And I believe that every time the word of the Lord is spoken, it requires a response. So often we come into church and, and we just kind of cavalierly come in there and it's simply a routine, something we do every Sunday or maybe even in the middle of the week, or we go to our home groups, or all these different types of things. Or maybe even in our prayer time, the Lord speaks, and we simply go about our day, and we do everything as before, and we never simply respond to the voice of the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? I do that. Listen, you're not alone. I mean, I don't stand up here saying, listen, I figured this thing out. Man, every day i got to try to figure something out. I say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Amen? And you're sitting back there looking at me saying, yeah, you're right, buddy. You don't know what you're doing, you know? But I just, I love the Lord. Amen? And I need him this morning. Do you need the Lord this morning? It's about a response to him right now. When you got up this morning, what were you thinking about? Somebody say food. What? Okay. When you go to bed at night, what are you thinking about? What's your obsession? 
What did you say? Okay, amen. But I used to do this. I used to come in here on, on, on Monday morning. I don't know if I ever did it to, uh, um, to uh, Pat, you know, the ball guy that was standing up here earlier. I don't know if I ever did it with him. But because he probably would have just slapped me. But on, on, on Mondays, see, I, I just got to digress for just a second. When I first met Pat, I wasn't afraid of him <laughs> until I found out that he used to box. Amen? And somebody, somebody, you got to understand, I'm an ADD pastor, man, so I go all over the map, right? But somebody in our cubicle or a cubicle over has this ringtone that when it goes off, it's like a boxing bell. Bing! And I swear, I, I, I tell you, Pat flinches every time. And I'm thinking, I got a duck, man, because something's, something's coming fly, flying pretty soon. He's a little punchy, okay? But I used to come in on, Sunday, on Monday mornings, and I'd look at the barista back there, and I'd say, man, is it Friday yet? Because my focus was off. My focus wasn't on what can I accomplish today. My focus was the fact that, man, I wish Friday were here so that I could have another weekend. Do you ever go to work like that? Is it just me? Okay, I'm just, don't even act like you don't do it, okay? Because we all do it, and we're thinking, hey, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to this thing, not for the moment and what God's doing. So he repaired the altar, and not only that, they offered sacrifices. So immediately he began to sacrifice because he knew that God had spoken, and when God speaks, not only is it required to respond, but it requires a sacrifice, okay? What was one of the first things we did here this morning? It was the fact that we worship the Lord, right? The Bible tells us that we offer up to him a sacrifice of praise. Why do you think we raise our hands? Why do you think that we're pressing in? Why do you think that we're trying to uh, focus our attention upon the Lord? We're trying to offer him our sacrifices, removing ourselves from the equation, Amen. When you came in here this morning, was it all about Jesus or was it all about a routine? How'd your day start out today? Think about that. How's your day start out Monday? You're looking for Friday or saying, Lord, what can I do today? What opportunities are you going to place before my path today? Who can I touch for the cause of Christ? Man, I didn't realize the numbers of individuals, young people. Man, I was a youth pastor back in 1980-whatever, Okay. And I thought those days had gone. I thought working with young people had gone because I'm old, okay? I just turned 52, all right? And listen, to a lot of you, that's old, okay? But I, tur I turned 52, and I didn't think I had the ability to communicate with a young person anymore. The fact is, I learned so much from them, hanging around them, and, and, and what really pleases them and the excitement there, and so... Why do I do that? Do I do it as under the Lord, or do I do it just because it's a job? See, everything that we do is all about seeking the Lord. And Lord, what pleases you? Did I come here today to seek you and to pursue you? It says he offered a sacrifice to the Lord. And then it says, and underscore this, that because of that, the Lord gave them rest. Amen? Some of you came in here today, and there's a lot of turmoil going on in your minds and in your life. And, and we look for, we, we, I call it circumstantial depression. 
We, we look at our circumstances, and it dictates who we are. Amen? But it says, when they turned their attention to Christ, to God, when they turned their attention to the Lord, he gave them rest on all sides. Okay? Everything that had happened to them, suddenly there was this rest. Suddenly there was this peace they never had before. And there was joy there, and everything seemed great. And, and suddenly... Everything was moving forward for Asa because of his circumstances had changed. When God had spoken all these great things to him, he says, I'll respond to that. So we hear what God wants us to, what we think we want to hear. Suddenly it motivates us to do something great. Amen? What about when things aren't like we want them to, we want to hear? Or we don't feel like we want to feel, and things aren't going so great, and things are imploding all around me, and things are in chaos. How do I respond then? Well, I had to change of heart. I was looking at the word rest when I thought about this, because it says they had rest all around. And I looked in the Hebrew, and the word for rest in the Hebrew is nuach, which simply means be quiet. They had a quietness about them. They had a stillness about them. We, 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 we know this passage in Scripture that says, Be still and know that I am God. There's that quietness, that peace, that even in the midst of chaos, that there's a quietness all around them. That even though things aren't going so great for me, even though things seem very uh, out of my control, there's a quietness, there's a peace there, there's a joy there. There's something inside of me that is motivating me in spite of myself, amen? Everybody say, in spite of myself. Yeah, this is interactive, okay? It's like a video game, all right? In spite of myself, all right? Say this, Jesus loves me. Yeah, thanks, class. Okay, let's try it again. Jesus loves me in spite of myself. Amen? Isn't that great to know that, that he loves me in spite of myself? He'll give me rest in spite of myself, that it isn't dependent upon me, except to seek him and to trust him. There was a quietness. There was a quiet from the inside and the external. When things looked good for Asa, he kept his word to seek the Lord. But if we look farther down in that passage, trouble started brewing for him. Wars started happening again. He got word that things weren't going so great on the outside, and he was freaked out on the inside. Amen? So in chapter 16, Basha, king of Israel, he came up against Judah, and he built a city so that he could block Asa from going in or out. This, he was being besieged, man. He was, just, there was, he was being surrounded, and he was freaking out because he didn't know what to do. Because suddenly, this peace that had been in his life was now, there was chaos there. And so this is going on with him, and there's a, uh, he's calling out and saying, I need help, and he calls out. Here's what Asa does. He changes his tune. He calls out for another source. He requested the king of Syria to make a treaty with him. And the two kings came together and stopped the building of the blockade city. They took the stores, uh, stones, they tore it down, and all looked good again. He had reached out to this guy for help, and suddenly everything looked good. But look what happens in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7 to 13. And it says, 
At, and at that time, Hanani the seer, which is a prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God. Now listen to that. That's the key element right there. Therefore, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Talking about before. Yet because you relied on the Lord, talking about before, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Something happened. Something changed. There was a turn of events. He had been gone from trusting in the Lord and relying strictly upon on God, that God would deliver him, that God would be with him, to suddenly responding to his chaos and running in fear because of the chaos and looking for some tangible earthly support to get him through his problem, to protect him, to, 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 to be his, his, his rear guard, as it were, and, and to go with him to fight. And something began to change. Look at Asa's response now that he received this prophecy as opposed to the one before. The one before, he felt great solace in that, great joy in that, great peace. And he responded well because of that. And now look at what he does in verse 10. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this, because of the words that had come forth, because of what had happened. And Asa oppressed some of the people that time. Now, suddenly... He's taken a turn of events. They call it the Asa syndrome. Suddenly he went from things being great to a total collapse spiritually. And he, was, he, was, he regressed. He even oppressed the people. It was contagious. You ever been around somebody that just was always down? How do you feel when you're around that person a lot of the time? Man, you feel down. You just feel like, you're just like, man, I, just, I need to get out of here. Okay, Asa's doing that. He's oppressing them. He's turning against them. He's, he's oppressing his people. He was a great king, and he was responding well, and suddenly now he's turning his back on God, and he's regressing, and he's, he's totally made an about face. Anybody relate to that? Raise your hand. Come on. You relate to it. There's time. Listen, there's time. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care if you've been... I would say when I was nine years old, I remember calling on God. My mom says that I called on God when I was three years old. Man, I went from the cradle to the pew. Amen? Because we had pew, pews back in those days. Okay, so I went from the cradle to the pew. I probably had a little three-piece suit and a diaper. Okay, but it was, I was there. Did somebody say, ah? I thought you could like relate or something to my plight. Okay. I, I've been in church, I was in church all my life. But there had come a time when my eyes got on me. They got on my chaos. I remember pastoring a church not far from here, actually, and it was, it was my dream to pastor this church. 
You know, I came back to Bremerton. I left Bremerton for about 10 years, and I was pastoring different places. I'd been a youth pastor. I'd been a children's pastor. That's a kick, okay? I had been uh, an associate pastor, and I had been a senior pastor. And I'd pastor a church out in, in Lake Quinault, and it was, which is uh, you know, about 40 minutes north of Aberdeen. And that, I call that my wilderness experience, because why? Okay, so it was my wilderness experience, and I come back to Bremerton, and man, it was my dream. I was excited about this. It was a, pa- a church that I had actually been associate pastor at, and I remember walking into that church, and man, I, I felt that I had been so, can I use this vernacular, so tight with God, man. I mean, I, I'd, I'd had a, a year-long sabbatical in, in, in Vancouver, Washington, and the Holy Spirit, I just felt was washing over me, man. And when we have those moments where we feel that intensity with God, we need to be careful that we don't take our eyes off of him and get comfortable. And I came into this church, man, I was so excited. And God was moving and things were happening. And I walked into the church and, man, it got taxing because what had happened, and I had been the associate pastor for a period of time prior to taking the church, and uh, there was a lot of stuff going, a lot of chaos, and I was putting out fire after fire after fire because I knew they wanted me to pastor the church. Man, I wanted a congregation to have, you know, but they were jumping ship. And so I'd run, hey, listen, just hang with us. Let's get this thing going, you know, and I was putting out fires. And... Uh, I'm walking in, and, and man, it, there was a lot of hurting folk. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And I'd walk down the aisles, and they were touching me, man. I felt like, a, I felt like an Elvis Presley, man. I mean, I'm like walking in there, and it's like, oh, man, I can't do this. And pretty soon, you know, they'd be touching, touching, touching. Pastor, I need this. I need help. And suddenly I got to this place that got so taxing upon me that I snuck around the back of the church every Sunday morning. And then I'd walk in the back of the church and I would wait until the, it was time to come on the platform. And so I'd come on the platform. And then at the end of the service, I'd it all start all over again. And I remember sitting at home and I, leaning my head back on the couch, and I'm saying these words out loud. They're eating me alive. And my life began to spiral out of control at that moment when I made that confession. That they're eating me alive because I had stepped in my own strength. I had walked in kin walls, not in the spirit. Amen. See, the Bible says we keep in step with the Spirit. We will not gratify the lust of the flesh. Amen? I wasn't doing that. I was caught up in my chaos. I was caught up in in rebellion. I was caught up in it's all about me and look what I am doing. I call it the Nebuchadnezzar syndrome. Amen? Remember when Nebuchadnezzar would walk upon the wall? And he says, look at the kingdom I have created. Look what I have done. Remember what God did? And he pulled the carpet right out from under the man for seven years. He walled around like an animal. And that very same thing happened to me. And it wasn't until I put my eyes back upon 
Jesus and what he wanted, focus back upon Christ, even in the midst of chaos. Is everything always great? No. Man, do I, come, do I wake up with chaos on my mind? Absolutely. But we've got to quickly arrest that thing and turn it back to Jesus and realize, man, it's all about him. It's not about us. And pull down the things in our life. See, this is what Asa did great is that he pulled down all those idols in his life that were separating him from God, all those idols that took his attention off of, of what Jesus wanted, God wanted him to do, and, and, and he removed them, and he repaired the altar, and he got on his face, and they sacrificed. Listen, in the mornings when we get up and we start facing that day, man, we got to stop. we got to repair the altar of God, Amen. Some of you today, the altar of the Lord is in disarray in your life. You're not spending time with that. You're not spending time with the Lord. Oh, you may talk with him driving in your car. You may have those, uh, I call them drive-by prayers, amen? You're just kind of driving by, you're just shooting prayers off to God, but you don't have those moments of solitude in that quiet moment saying, listen, Lord, I just need you. I just need to spend time. I need to seek your face. Amen. See, it's had in recent days I've had people say, you know, I just don't hear the voice of God. I don't hear what he's saying to me. He doesn't speak to me. God doesn't listen to me. I want you to think about this this morning. For one thing, the Lord speaks to us in his word. We open it up. Amen. We've got to open this up to hear the voice of God. But listen, look at this. It's all, the Lord, to the Lord, it's all about the seeking. Amen? He's looking for people who will seek after him, right? There, there's, there's an effort that you and I need to make in our, in our growth and in our response to God. Do you believe that? It's all in seeking him. It's all ongoing. He's not hiding from you. It's not that he's not there. He's saying, I want you to seek me. He said that to Asa, if you seek me, I will be found by you. But if you don't, I won't. If you forsake me and ignore me, I'm not, you're not going to find me. You're not going to hear me. This, the will's going to dry up. So some of you this morning, it's simply that God's saying to you today, and when you listen to this, that God's saying today, if you will, Seek me, if you'll run after me, if you get on your face before me, if you call out to me, and remember it's not about you. Say, it's not about me. It's not about me. Say it with a smile on your face. Come on. It's not about me. Amen? It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so we're seeking after him. Asa got caught up in his own chaos and fears. and He stopped seeking God. He sought people and not God. I think I've done that so many times. His reliance has changed. He was no longer reliant upon the things of God. His sacrifices to God did not have the same significance. It became just routine. It became impersonal. Everything had changed. And God wants us to come back. Look at what Psalm chapter 5, verse 11 to 12 says in this. It says, but let all those rejoice who put their, underscore this, trust in God, you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. 
For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. I'm praying today that God shines his favor upon you this morning. Amen. Whatever you're going through, whatever it is, whatever chaos is entering your life, listen, whether it's you're in the middle of a sin, God wants to redeem you out of that thing. Amen. Whether you're just in the middle of financial distresses or, or if you're in the middle of physical distresses, uncertainties, and God's saying, just seek after me. I want to give you rest. See, I think that's the greatest gift, aside from salvation, is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of all of our stuff. Amen? Even in the midst when it seems like everything's going to collapse, it's that peace of God that surpasses understanding. Let me close with this this morning. In Psalm chapter 20, verse 6 to 8, it reads like this. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Listen to this. We, We recognize this one really well. We sing songs about it. Verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Amen. So things get tough. Things get hard. Things get uncertain. It's all in the seeking. That's why he said, seek first in Matthew chapter 5. Seek first the kingdom of God. All whose righteousness? Mine? All his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you as well. I think sometimes we take that out of context. We say, well, God's just going to give me, give me, give me. No, man. All these things encompassed in that is the fulfillment of the law. What is the fulfillment of the law? It's love. Jesus said, love is the fulfillment of the law. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. He says, I came to fulfill it. The fulfillment of that is the love. Man, can you imagine having that type of love percolate inside of you for other people? Suddenly, this cloud, suddenly this veil that's on your eyes, suddenly this selfishness turns into a selflessness. Amen? Because you're thinking about others and not yourself. And more importantly, you're seeking God. You're seeking Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen? Would you bow with me in a word of prayer today? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for these awesome folks here today. Father, I believe that you've spoken to us, God, not out of my finite lips, but God, out of your infinite wisdom, you have imparted your word to your people today. God, I pray that it takes root this morning. God, I pray for that person here today that in their heart right now and in their mind is chaos, is uncertainty, is fear, torment, God, they're so confused right now and they don't know what to do. And you're saying to them this morning, just seek after me and I will give you rest all around. I'll give you rest 
for your soul. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. I feel impressed to do something. I want you to do something with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. We're going to move on here in just a second, but I don't want to ignore what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do today, okay? I want you to raise your hands with me today. If you physically can do that, just raise them up. Let's do it right now. Raise your hands up with me right now, okay? Why do we do that? That's surrender. I ask you to surrender with me today. And you're making a decree today. You and the Lord. You're making a decree as happened on Asa's day. You're saying, I will seek the Lord in the good, in the bad, in the ugly. Whatever's going on right now, I will seek the Lord. As your hands are raised, let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, pour out a blessing upon your church right now. From the top of their head, the sole of their feet, may they feel your power, may they feel your strength, and may they feel your peace. May you shine your face upon them right now and give them rest all around. In your holy name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.